Welcome to the ride. Life, Work, and Wealth Podcast with your host, Chris Rowe. Years ago, Chris was a firefighter and a paramedic and witnessed many people not getting another tomorrow, and it shaped who he is now as a financial strategist. Chris doesn't just help people plan for a secure tomorrow, he helps them plan for a better today. Chris lives in Burlington, Ontario, and is an investment advisor at Three Hats Financial, a trade name of Harborfront Wealth Management, an IROC dealer. Let's get to it. You want to invest, and you're considering various ways to do it. You could use your personal assets, but you also own a small business, which could offer another option. Chris DeRoe's returning guest is accountant Gary Armstrong of Green Private Wealth. Now, Chris and Gary will discuss possible answers to the question, should you invest personally or through your corporation? Chris? Thanks, Patrice. And thanks, Gary, so much again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it because I know you're a very busy fella. So thank you for coming on again. And yeah, so as you mentioned, Patrice, today we're just going to talk about why a business owner would want to invest money using their corp profits. And like many times what I see is with clients' financial statements is it's not uncommon for me when sitting down with a business owner to see sometimes a couple hundred thousand of uh, thousands of dollars sitting in cash in their corporate bank accounts. And I feel the reason I see this often is because entrepreneurs, they got to take a bunch of risk um, going out on their own, starting their own business. And there's many things obviously they can't control. However, one they can eventually control is the cash reserves sitting in their corp bank account. And I see this a lot. So it kind of gives them that feeling of comfort to hold that cash because there's so many other risks in regards to their business. Now, I agree on having a buffer, of course, and the size of that buffer, it's going to depend on really the type of business you have, the risks associated with the type of business you have, and the comfort level of basically your own individual risk. And what you, of course, you're going to want to know your operating costs and cash flow positions and all that stuff. So you can determine how much you can invest or is available to invest. Um, like for example, if the business needs, or if, yeah, if the business is going to need money in the next one or two years, that money should not be invested. Same with your personal finances, any money needed in the short term, you want it to remain safe and liquid. However, on the, you still want to be careful that you don't hold on to too much cash since we all know if you hold too much in the bank, the bank's going to win and you don't because you're not simply earning anything. So today that's kind of what we're going to get into is just why you would or wouldn't do this as a business owner and that. So Gary, what do we mean? We can just start with the, a very simple question here is what do we mean by investing inside your corp? Maybe you can just summarize that for some people because they may not really understand that. Well, similar to uh, an individual, a person when they have excess cash, and as you mentioned, companies sometimes have excess cash. You'll hear different terms that we as accountants use it. We'll call it redundant assets and stuff that you just don't need for future use. You can take that money and put it into an investment similar as if you're investing your own personal money outside of the company and uh, use those investments. The only real difference between those two is how it is invested. Unlike an individual where you have different options, such as a TFSA or a RRSP or RESP, companies really don't have that. So companies mainly have the ability to invest in what we call open accounts or cash accounts. 
they get to invest in things that get taxed as it grows. But, you know, as we talk later on, you'll see why that still is a good option. So then Gary, why would you want to take the money in your corporate invest? If you're a business owner, like I, obviously I just mentioned, if it's going to be sitting they're not paying you anything, the bank wins. But besides that, why do business owners want to look as, at this as a viable option for their cash? Well, so similar to a, any individual, as you said, the money is sitting there sort of doing nothing. And why should that money sit there doing nothing or you know, earning very little at the interest that might be paid on a bank account? And, and most of the times they're in a checking account, which doesn't pay any interest. So it's just sitting there doing nothing for you. So when you know you have long-term projects or short-term projects or just money that you've earned that you don't need to personally take, why not take it and invest it in an avenue that is, you know, not necessarily going to be the best option, but it's a great option for corporations. It, and I want to qualify that best is because there is a second layer of tax inside of a company when you do invest in there. because. As everyone knows, if you have a company, in order to get the money out personally, you have to pay tax on it. So that's that second layer of tax. And so you do end up having a double tax sort of situation. But, you know, the positive sides of that from the Canadian tax system is that we have a system called integration. And that integration gives a tax reduction to individuals and to the company in order to reduce taxes that have been paid in order to make you sort of indifferent on your tax rates between companies and uh, investing it personally. So at the end of the day, you want to use that money to benefit yourself and your family, whether here or in the long term for long term projects, why not uh, try to, you know, maximize and optimize your cash for those different uh, points in life? Okay. So then, yeah. So basically with it, it's, we just don't necessarily want the money sitting there. And of course you want to, you can use the corp to be able to use that tax deferral on the growth of these investments. Of course, like you mentioned, there is the two layers of tax the corporation is going to pay tax. And eventually when you pull it all out, you're going to pay personal tax. That's what you were talking about with the two different layers, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And then, in regards to that too, so is there certain investments that would be better for a corporation to invest in, such as like, do you want something paying more dividends or more capital gains, or does that really matter? Between the two different ways you want to look at it, either one can be good. From a pure tax perspective, you want everything in growth. So you want everything coming through as capital gains. The reason why is we have a mechanism uh, in Canada, where half year capital gain is not taxed, and it's the same for a company. So when that half that's not taxed in the company investment, they can pass to the shareholders tax-free. We call that the capital dividend account. So essentially, capital gains is the lowest tax rate you're going to get individually or corporately. And when you do what we call the flow-through of the capital gains, you're essentially paying the same in the company or as an individual. So that's always the best, but I never say let don't let tax drive the cart. You know, you know, as a financial planner, if you can earn more paying, you know, getting interest and dividends, 
you know, why would you take a capital gain just because it's a lower tax rate? So don't let, don't let tax uh, drive the cart. Yep. No, good point. Now, what are some of the downfalls if for business owners? Uh, we've been just discussing the benefits of like tax deferral and getting some interest on cash that's just going to be sitting dead in a corporate bank account in that. And it's just another bucket to be able to take advantage of for tax deferral if you do are a small business owner and have a corporation. But what are some of the negatives or downfalls of doing this? The negatives in there come in, in a couple sort of realms. The first realm is, is that double tax? When I say we have integration in Canada, right now with our current tax rates, it's not perfectly integrated. So because of that, right now investing in a corporation, if you're to invest, get the same income in the same brackets, you're going to pay more tax investing in a company. But what we're doing and what we do is from, from a planning perspective is that you're not going to take the, ta- take the income out personally in that same tax bracket. So we want to use the deferral mechanism that we talked about that you defer the taxes for later, but you're also deferring it so that your income levels are lower, which then result in a lower tax down the road. So it is a negative if you're to invest in a company and take all of it out in one year, but you know, we would never recommend that sort of planning. So it's sort of, it's a negative, but it's not usually used from any financial planning or tax accountant planning those uh, for, for their company. That's one of the main negatives. The other negative is, is that you just can't use the money if you have a big, huge capital gain. You pay the tax right away. Uh, the tax rates in Canada on investment income is 50.17%. So any income you earn in that year, you're going to pay 50.17%. So that's a lot more than you would probably pay individually. However, as I said, there's a deferral and the integration is there's an, an account, a fictitious account that is called your refundable dividend tax on hand. Mm-hmm. And that, that amount comes from the amount that you would get back in the company when you pay out to the individuals. And of that 50.17, 30.66 of that is refundable. So you'll get back at the end of the day that 30%. So that's a negative uh, that I foresee. And a lot of times people think that they're going to have a lot of income coming in their investments. It will be in their pocket. But at the end of the day, it's sitting in their cash accounts, and they have to pay this large tax amount. I'd like to give you an example of a client that I had about a decade ago when the markets were really going really well, they had a large gain in their corporate non-registered cash account and because of that they had to owe taxes at the end of the year for $250,000. That became a surprise to the client because in a corporation that income is recognized annually. So because of that you don't get to defer it like you would in an RSP and therefore people don't always realize that they're going to be paying tax and they haven't actually received any cash at that point in time. All, for example, yourself as a financial planner have invested in something that has earned them some income and keep investing it, but now they have a huge tax bill because of it. In general, I think it's more of a psychological 
side of things because people just don't like seeing that large tax bill. Even mm-hmm. though in general, in order to pay $250,000 of tax, you had to have gained $500,000 for the client. So it's, that's, that to me is probably the, the biggest downside of it, corporate investing and the fact that the integration tables are not perfectly aligned. Okay. And then just in, basically in a nutshell, can you even summarize then which t- type of business owners should be investing the money from their corp and who should not? Yeah. Simply as I stated before, if you need that money and you're taking it out right away to yourself personally, then don't be investing inside a company. If you can leave that money to sit there and to grow, then those are the, the clients that you want to invest. And when I say leave to grow, it could be a, a two or three year project even that you're looking at doing down the road. Uh, those are the ones that you say to invest because you need that cash and you might as well earn some income instead of it sitting in a bank account doing nothing versus someone who needs that money and is flowing it through themselves personally and you know, essentially not leaving the cash in the company. Okay, great. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Gary. Now, changing gears a bit here, I get this asked a lot. And since I have you on here, I'm going to ask in regards to income from, I know, um, from business owners. A lot of times they'll ask, should I be taking this, my income from the corp um, through dividends or do I just take it as a salary? Can you just add a few tips on that? Because that's just a common question I get from from business owners. I, I always throw out my, and you know, uh, just <laughs> as well, I always throw out that answer of, it depends. Yeah. Dividends and salary. Usually we're trying to maximize out your RSP amounts. Therefore, salary becomes important. If we're trying to defer something from a year over year, we'll sometimes take salaries because we can take a salary and defer that income until the following year. In, in a certain way and way that we do some accounting for it. So you're never going to get away from not paying tax on that salary. We can only just move it sometimes to a different period. So we can sort of get that one extra year of deferral income. However, if you're corporately investing, as we're talking about today, we need to take those dividends in order to get back that refundable dividend tax to get integration to work. So there's variables that come into play. Typically, if you look at just a pure tax tax amount in your pocket, dividends look better because the rates are reduced because there's an assumption that you've already paid corporate tax built into it. So in Canada, we have the dividend tax credit, which is to associate with the corporation tax that it has paid already. So that's why we have integration. And on a dividend, you get that dividend tax credit. Needless to say, for most small business owners, we're trying to maximize out their RSPs and therefore they need to take a, div- take a salary to maximize those amounts. You're also trying to get your CPP and those amounts come into play. The other side of the coin, which isn't really a tax-driven motivation, but I've run into it many times, is when a... What I've seen in some younger business owners is that as their families are growing, they need to either uh, get a bigger house or they're trying to you know, buy more for their business or you know, any way they need to 
discuss with the bank and need to get some money and some loans, they need to have a salary. And the reason why that is, is that a bank doesn't usually recognize income from a dividend. And therefore, because of that, they need to have a salary in order to show income in order to get those loans from the bank. Yeah, those that, are sort of the things that I see for small business owners between the dividends and uh, salary question. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. With the, I, we've seen that as well many, many times with the small business owners that when they're, they really need to be pre-planning if they're going to be getting a mortgage or buying a cottage or needing to get funds from a bank because they want to see two years of income. And I've uh, just seen that where you've had these business owners that have significant amounts of income going into the corp, but they're taking advantage of the lowest tax brackets and just using enough to pay for their lifestyle expenses, some CPP, uh, top up their RSPs, and, and the income's relatively low in comparison to the amount of money coming into the corp. So net worth, they're, they're, they're wealthy. But when they go to get the mortgage, they're just so frustrated because they're like, I have a significant amount of assets here, which are mainly in the corp. And the bank wants to see uh, income, like salary from that corp for at least two years to be able to approve them. So yeah, really good point on that. No, that's that's great, Gary. I really appreciate it. We just want to just give a couple of nuggets here to uh, entrepreneurs on why they should be investing corporately and if it's a fit for them. But yeah, thanks very much for coming on and giving us some insight on that today. And I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Chris, how can people reach you if they've got questions, additional questions on this? As always, Patrice, just through our website, you can contact us through that. And the website's just threehatsfinancial.ca. All right. Thanks. For more shows like this, be sure to follow this podcast. And of course, please share with others. I'm Patrice Sikora, and thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All comments are of a general nature and should not be relied upon as individual advice. The views and opinions expressed in this commentary may not necessarily reflect those of Harborfront Wealth Management. While every attempt is made to ensure accuracy, facts and figures are not guaranteed. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Please seek advice from your accountant regarding anything raised in the content of the podcast regarding your individual tax situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.